0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Ducky O'Brien Show. I am your host Ducky O'Brien. My real name is Sam, but I use Ducky O'Brien on Twitch and other platforms. Anyways, welcome to episode 2 of my video game podcast covering news, reviews, and guides. On to our first segment, Currently Playing. For my current queue, I'm still playing the same games as last time, we got Astroneer, Chef, No Man's Sky, Tools Up, and The Witcher 3, so for those of you new to the podcast or haven't heard of these games before, Astroneer and No Man's Sky are survival crafting games set in space. Uh, Astroneer looks a little bit more cartoonish. Nomiya Sky looks a little bit more realistic. Uh, different types of games, but also similar in spirit, sort of. Anyways, I've been having a lot of fun with these games. They are probably my top two games of all time. I wouldn't say top two, I would say some of my favorite games of all time. Anyways... For Nomia Sky, I'm still trying to set up a stasis device farm on my second file so that I can make a tutorial video to help people get unlimited money. Money doesn't really get you that much in that game, surprisingly, but you know, in case people just want to max out, I'm going to show people how to do it. For Astronier, I'm still trying to get True Flat 2.0 to work so that I can make a nice base. My base is pretty nice, it's probably one of my most popular YouTube videos. But you know what? I'm going to make it even nicer base. <laughs> Blow people's minds. Uh, Thomas Chef and Tools Up I'm almost done with. I only have a few more levels in, in each of these games. A little bit sad because I'm having fun with them. But Thomas Chef is a puzzle game where you have an automated production line for food and you want to fulfill all of the orders without failing. And you got, you know, like a budget restraint uh Strength budget constraint <laughs> you got limitations you, you can't you got objectives to meet tools up is basically kind of like overcooked except you're renovating houses it's local multiplayer only just keep that in mind and then witcher 3 obviously i'm playing because i you know i i love the netflix series and i want more so here i am Still waiting for the libraries to uh, get the books available. Man, there's a long queue for that. Anyways, going into new games. Okay, I'm playing Highly Likely. It's a basically a point and click adventure game from Nicola Games. I got a review copy. It's an early access because they couldn't finish it on time. Acts five and six are still being worked on. There's still a bunch of bugs and all of that. But I was playing it, and it's pretty nice. It's not difficult. There's a narrator there narrating everything. So if you like that, that's going to be great. If you don't like that, you're probably going to be turned off because it's everywhere, the narration. Highly likely. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's very middle of... The road in terms of difficulty, some point-and-click adventures can be extremely frustrating where you don't know what to do next. This one, so far, I haven't beat it yet, but so far, it makes sense. It's not like something weird where you got a rubber rubber chicken and a pulley. Okay. <laughs> Alright, that was highly likely. I'm repeating the the name of the games because I know that for people who listen to video game podcasts. You know, when you listen to people talk about a game, you forget what game they're talking about and you kind of rewind it or you want show notes or something to tell you what game they're talking about. So a lot of people request that, you know, people repeat the name of the game as they're talking about it. If you don't want me to do this, let me know. If you do find it useful, let me know as well. Uh, If there's people from both sides, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'll figure it out. The next game I've been playing is Journey of Life. Uh, this is made by an indie studio of three people. It's a survival crafting game and it's in early access as well. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty janky. There's a bug where you get stuck on trees, you're just running around, jumping, bam, you run into a tree, you're stuck. You gotta kill yourself with the command console and then respawn and go back and pick up your items because you drop your items when you die. But that said, I mean, I was really frustrated because I got clay, which is at a lake. It's clay in other places, but the lake is kind of far from your starting point. And I, I've already built a base there, so I'm committed. So I go there and I get lost the first time. So I reset. Reload my save file. Go back. This time I try to take a shortcut. But the island's so huge that I got lost. So I, I reset. Reload again. And then the third time I got the clay. I'm running back. And then I get stuck on a tree. And I'm like. Oh. And then I reloaded the game again. Because I didn't know that there was a command. Console command to uh, respawn. It's called suicide. It kills you and then respawns you at your. I think your bed. But yeah, so like after that, I was like, "Ah, I hate this game. But for some reason, I kept playing it. And I don't I think there's some potential here. I'm at the point where I can mine iron. I'm excited for that. There's a lot of cool features in Journey of Life where you can automate a lot of the production. Like you can get water power, solar power. No, not solar power, water power, wind power. And you can automate uh, ore refining. Uh, what what else? Cloth weaving. Anyways, there's a multiplayer facet to it. It kind of gave me the same vibes as early Rust. So if that sounds like your thing, uh, you might might be worth checking out. Again, it's really janky. There's not a lot of content available out right now. But it might be worth keeping your eye on this game, as long as the devs come through you can check out their Trello board and see what they're going to add in. It looks rad, not gonna lie. That was Journey of Life, an indie survival crafting game. Next up we got Temtem, I'm still playing it, I'm still loving the heck out of it. I'm finally almost done with the third island. I have to get my skates back. Apparently, you infiltrate a cult that worships Crystal Temtem, and you can only go in if you have a team of all Crystal Temtem. I'm not sure if this is real or not, or if I got it right or not, but that sounds cool as heck. (laughs) The story and lore in this game is pretty cool. After I beat most of the single player stuff, I'm gonna go straight into breeding competitive teams and trying my hand at Climbing the competitive ladder in Temtem. Uh, It's something I never really got to in Pokemon because the game is so long and it's a little lonely playing it by yourself, but Temtem, because of the online component, I have a friend who's playing it as well. Get a little bit of that competition going and motivates you to, you know, one-up the other person. Anyways, for Noteworthy Games... It's The Cycle for this week. Uh, I tried it out last week and I was like, eh, this is pretty okay. And I didn't know if I was going to play it again. But for some reason, I can't stop. I'm having a lot of fun. The Cycle is a PVPVE game. It's kind of like Escape from Tarkov in that you go on the planet, you do missions, you collect mats, and then you have to leave alive to bring everything with you. You can form teams if you want. You can do it in squads or duos. And the main point is to complete objectives because that's how you get points to level up. Now, PvP is not really worth it in terms of getting points because it slows down you doing quests. So that's I think the reason why I like this game is that I've been playing a lot of ranked squads lately. And the squads may be good or bad, but when I have a bad squad, I can still get off the planet in one piece with a lot of mats. Now, I'm not gonna get anywhere near first or second place, but there are a lot of times where I was sneaky. I managed to farm up enough, and at the very end, bump out the last two places and get third. And it feels really great, like I don't have to focus on PvP. It's not like PUBG or Apex where If the top remaining squads are fully manned, you have like almost no chance of winning. Even if you're fully geared. But in this game, because the objective is to get off the planet while doing as many quests as you can, you can still do okay. And there's some rewards for just getting out alive. You get to keep your mats. So even though you didn't get first... You kind of still have the sense of having accomplished something. And uh, I don't know. I like it. I've been grinding the battle pass. I have a battle pass as well. Don't really care about the cosmetics. But I do like leveling up. So I don't know. that's kind of odd. That was the cycle. It's free to play. It's an epic game store. I know that might turn some people off. But honestly it might be worth checking out. To our next section Upcoming releases. We don't have a lot this week. I only picked out two games of note. One is Florence. uh, Coming out for the Switch and PC on February 13th. It's a mobile game. A casual mobile game telling a story, a narrative. Kind of picked it out because the graphics... Looked appealing. I don't know. I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but you totally do. And I kind of look at games and I look at the art and I kind of know if I'm going to like it or not. Just something about the art reveals something about the game. Well, usually, most of the time, uh, it works for me. I trust my gut. I'm not talking about like how the art looks. It's more like the impression that it gives me. That's coming out. Might be worth checking out. Darksiders Genesis coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on February 14th. Now this is a Darksiders game mashed with Diablo. So if that sounds like your thing, then again might be worth checking out. It's been out on PC for a while and honestly it looks pretty fun. Darksiders Genesis. Diablo-like Darksiders game. I don't know. It might actually be better than the main series. (laughs) Some people might like it better than the main series. Anyways, that's it for releases. I know it's a little bit light. There are a bunch of other games coming out, but I left them out. as I feel like most people won't be interested. If I went over every single release, this section would be An hour long. There's a lot of games coming out. And a lot of them aren't good. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now for news. I'm just going to briefly go over some of the news this week. There's not a lot of news. I might have missed some news as well. But I'm just going to try to cover some topics here and there to give you guys an idea a glimpse into what happened in the world of video games and content creation so here's an interesting one amazon might offer the streaming technology to businesses a lot of people are kind of looking into this and all these blogs are reporting kind of seems like twitch isn't making as much money as first projected from ad revenue and i'm like yes i know why i'm going to tell you guys why Twitch doesn't like small-sized content creators. Twitch might like medium-sized content creators. They only focus on large content creators, the ones that bring in thousands of viewers. Here's the problem. They're not going to be streaming 24-7. And when they're gone, when they're offline, these audience members go to smaller streamers or mid-sized streamers. So Twitch needs to stop putting their head up their own butt and take a look at what they can do to improve the platform for everyone involved, not just the large streamers. If they don't stop doing this, Twitch is going to do worse and worse every year, I guarantee it. It's going to do okay enough to stay afloat and then it's going to kill. And here's why. The small and mid-sized content creators, they make the foundation of the platform. Of course, the large content creators are the stars and they bring in a large amount of revenue for the platform as a whole. But the small and mid sized people keep the audience on the platform. When the big guys are gone, or if they get tired of watching the big guys, they're going to go somewhere else. And that's why you have to make sure that every content creator can thrive on that platform. You got to give them the tools to succeed. You can't kind of make an environment where it's really harsh on people who aren't already big. That's like counterintuitive. They're like, we're not going to treat you well unless you're doing well. And it's like, well, how do you expect me to do well when you don't want me to do well? <laughs> I have to be already big when I come onto the platform. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's mind boggling. Uh, honestly as a small content creator just talking to other small content creators we all get the same feeling Twitch doesn't want us to succeed they want, to, they want us to be big then they'll work with us but if we're not big they're like pissed off somewhere else we don't care anyways I can go into that more we can cover the numbers and why focusing on short term profit by Basically catering to large content creators is not the way to go, but that'll be another subject for another time. If you want me to go more in depth on this, please let me know. You can write me an email at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. That's right. I made an email for each podcast I'm doing. It's really annoying, but I just set up a forwarding system where it goes into one email, so it's a lot more convenient. That's right. duckyobrienshow at com. Alright, next up we got CSGO allowing people to mute toxic players. Now, I don't know why this isn't in every game. It's in Dota 2 and it works fantastic. So basically how it works is that people, you can report other players. If their number of reports reaches a certain threshold, they will be automatically muted. So they won't be able to use voice chat and they won't be able to type. They'll only be able to emote. This is how it works in Dota 2. So some of you might be wondering, what if you abuse the report system? Well they have a system in place checking how many reports you're submitting. If you're submitting a report on every one, every game, chances are that you're abusing that system. Now let's say you're submitting reports where other people are agreeing and that person ends up getting banned, then the system is going to take your reports more seriously. So, they have all of this info. They have all of this information that they're using to make sure that's accurate. And it actually works out. It corrects itself in the long term. It works really well for Dota 2. I wish it worked a little bit faster. Uh, There's a reporting system for Overwatch that they copied from Dota 2. I don't know if they copied it, but it's very similar to Dota 2. It doesn't go far enough for Overwatch. But for our next news item. We got the Animal Crossing Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Now it looks pretty cool. I don't have a Switch, so I'm going to actually buy this one. But yeah. Maybe people are high for Animal Crossing. I have no idea. I play the mobile game and I was like, eh, this is not scratching that itch. I'm going to wait for a proper Animal Crossing game. Alright, moving on. We got Anthem possibly being revamped. Now we got... A post from Casey Hudson saying that, oh yeah, we're going to change Anthem. You know what? I'll believe it when I see it. Because so far, everything out of Bioware has not been good. It's been okay. It's been passable. But not good and they don't really support their games well anymore. Pretty much the EA curse. Anyways, it's kind of sad. The reason why I don't believe it is that if you look at No Man's Sky, if you look at Astroneer, those games are near and dear to my heart because these developers are really small, and I know people may not remember, but for No Man's Sky, when it launched, it was a disaster. They overpromised, overhyped, and it was not in the game, and people were making fun of it, they were really angry. And what Hello Games did was they put their head down, they didn't say anything, and they only released updates. They talked through their patch logs. So their patch log was kind of their message to all the players. Hey, we're, we're trying to make this game better. Here's what we did. And they kept doing it. So like the first time they updated the game, people were like, eh, whatever. But then as they kept updating, People realize that, hey, we can take them at the word. We can trust them. And that's what happened. Now people love Hello Games. People love No Man's Sky because they didn't give up on it. And they release all of these updates for free. Now, what you see with Anthem is like none of that. <laughs> so they're like, we'll fix the game. We'll, we'll deliver on it. I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, it's kind of... Sad state for gaming. When you have this game that was worked on for like 7 years or something. It comes out and it's not good. A lot of time. A lot of money. What went wrong? <laughs> what went wrong? Anyways. That was Anthem being revamped? question mark. For our next item we got the Riot Shooter. The makers of League of Legends. Project A. We got some info from Henry Greer, or Henry G. Apparently, it's kind of like Counter-Strike. There's more of a focus on characters and abilities and things that carry outside of the game. Kind of like Overwatch 2, almost. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I I don't really like League of Legends. I know I'm in the minority. I'm a Dota 2 guy. And if I want to play something like CSGO, I think I'd rather just play CSGO. But I know that this is probably going to be huge because League of Legends is so big. And anything Riot does is probably going to do pretty well. So people who are fans of Riot, fans of League of Legends can look forward to Project A. Whatever it's going to be called when it comes out. Apparently, uh, that guy likes the game. It's really similar to CSGO. So that might be good news for some people and bad. But we'll see what happens when it actually comes out. Alright, for our next item, we got a look at Outriders. Again, the game is Outriders. It's made by People Can Fly, who developed Bulletstorm. It's one of the first games for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Now I'm going to interject here. I think Xbox Series X is a really bad name. You should have called it the Xbox 2, you know? What is this? What is up with these weird names? How People are not that familiar with gaming. At least a lot of the people who are buying these consoles for their kids, they just want to buy the next one. So if they know they had a PS4, obviously the PS5 is probably going to be the better one if they bought their kids an Xbox One. They're like, what the heck is this Xbox Series X? It's going to confuse the heck out of parents. You should have called it the Xbox (laughs) 2. I know that's lame, but it works. Simple branding works. Make sure that people who are not familiar with video games can kind of understand. But yeah, I'm kind of interested in how these consoles will do for the next generation. They're getting very close to PCs now. You're basically buying a PC. But yeah, Outriders. Basically a game about people with superpowers. If you want to check out the trailer, it's out now. It's gonna be one of the first games in the new generation. Alright, for our next item, Half-Life Alex finally has a release date. That's the VR game from from Valve. That's right. Valve made a video game. It's not Half-Life 3. Anyways, Half-Life Alex coming out March 23rd. That is a release date. It's a VR only game. So, if you don't have a VR headset, I don't know if you can play it without a VR headset. Probably not. But yeah, there you have it. A release date, March 23rd. Now, here's a big news item, at least big for me. Activision removes their games from GeForce Now. And here's why this is a big deal. For those of you who don't know, GeForce Now is a streaming service where you buy the games... You own the games. You, you own it on Steam, or on whatever platform. But you, still, you can still stream them. It's just in case the service goes down or you want to play them on your own PC, that option is available. Now what happened was Activision removed their games. People are speculating that Activision might go to Stadia exclusively. So this is the reason why they think that Activision removed their games. And here's the problem people who bought their games on GeForce Now, they might have bought the latest Call of Duty, because they don't have a nice PC, but they do have a nice internet connection. Guess what? They can't play the game anymore. Sure, they own it uh, theoretically on Steam or on Bnet, but how are they supposed to play the game if they don't have a nice PC? So this is kind of an example why DRM is extremely harmful to the consumer first now did the smart thing of making sure that the consumer can own the game at least on another platform, but it doesn't help for people who don't have a nice PC. I don't know if this is a bright future for gaming, but you know, the sad thing is no one cares anymore. I remember when Secure ROM came out, it was like terrible. It's like one of the worst forms of DRM. People were having a fit, it interrupted your. Enjoyment of single player games because you know, like, limit the number of installations you can do. It would always check for an internet connection, even when you're playing single player regularly, and it will lag the game. Or if you didn't have a connection, you couldn't play. It's very intrusive. And instead of putting our collective feet down, we complained about it, but we still bought the games. And now DRM is here to stay. And it looks like no one actually cares about it. I think people don't realize that we have a lot of power as consumers with how we spend our money. If we don't buy games with DRM, then they won't make games with DRM. It's that simple. They won't make any money. If we collectively stop buying anything with DRM in it, they're going to be forced to produce games without DRM. (laughs) And if they do produce games with DRM and people complain, but they're still making money, guess what? They're going to keep doing it. And now I'm okay with DRM, but this goes too far. Uh, This example with Activision and GeForce Now, it goes way too far. Where are consumer rights in this? They bought a game, they want to play on their streaming service, but now they can't. And they have a couple of options now. They got to go buy the game on another streaming service. They might not even sell the game. They have to subscribe to the streaming service and keep subscribing to keep playing that game. I think this is something to be concerned about, but again, I know a lot of people won't care. For me, I'm just looking out for people who don't have a lot of money. They only have $60 a year to buy one game, and they might pony up a little bit of extra cash to Play it on GeForce now because it's cheaper than buying a PC that can handle it. And now that person can't play it anymore. I'm just like, this is, this is a little absurd. You're milking the consumer for cash without really providing any value in return. You're taking advantage of them. I know most people don't care, but I think this is very interesting to me because this is an actual case where consumers got screwed. All right, our last news item last episode i was talking about overwatch league moving to youtube exclusively so i checked it out because i was very curious what it was going to be like and it was probably one of the worst worst experiences i've ever had from a company a corporation that was supposed to be big (laughs) there were a lot of production problems so what would happen was people would be talking on the stream. And then there would be this Cheez-Its ad that kept playing every five seconds. And when the ad played, it would override everything. It would just take up the entire screen. It would cut off the broadcasters from talking. And it's Zoe going, you know, it's a mind crunch. And the people were spamming Cheez-Its in chat with mind crunch. I mean, they're yellow diamonds. They look like Cheez-Its. And I kept doing that over and over again. They kept playing the same ads over and over again. All I could think was, man, I wish Overwatch League was on Twitch, because I never experienced this on Twitch. But yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. People were making fun of it. Also, I don't like how they formatted it in that like every match, every bout between two teams was its own separate stream. I liked it better on Twitch, where it's just like a continuous stream, or they were not on, and then they were on again. It's a really weird way to format it because you could be watching a stream and then they might switch to a different stream or those set of games and you would have to switch. And I, that's just a really weird way to do it. Uh, Numbers-wise, it, initially it was pretty similar, but after that it dropped off quite a bit. Uh, it might be due to two things. People don't want to watch on YouTube, or there are these things called Overwatch League tokens, where people would earn tokens that will let them buy these cool skins for each team, if they watch the games on Overwatch League. So people would AFK; if they're not actively watching. They would just let it stream. I I did this. I got a lot of skins, and now that they don't have the tokens available yet for YouTube. People might not be AFKing on these streams. They might not be lurking, so that might actually bring the numbers down. It's ve- it's a very interesting thing to think about and kind of observe. If you're into like analytics for all of this stuff, I think it's kind of crazy interesting. All right, that's it for this week's episode. If you have any questions comments or things you'll like for me to cover please feel free to email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com we have a brand new email it's shiny it has a new email smell duckyobrianshow at gmail.com thank you so much for dropping by and listening i really do appreciate it and once again catch you guys next time